1: ACN track. Welcome to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
2: Welcome to another episode of Go Greyhounds. We are unfortunately without James today. He's a bit um, under the weather, but Callum, hello, how are you? Very good. Just the two of us today. How do you feel?
3: I know, it's just the young people.
2: Just... (laughs) We've dropped the age bracket by a fair bit without James. Uh, it's a big, been a big weekend of racing just gone. Let's start with the obvious, Flake Millie. We're going to hear some audio from that from the Mandra Middle Distance Final. Let's have a listen. Now Flake Manelli begins to extend. Four in front of Cindy's Oliver. Then came Rockstar Patriot running to third from Dinah Oscar. Flake Manelli by two. Cindy's Oliver's running the race of its life. Flake Manelli now begins to edge clear and Flake Manelli three lengths over
3: a gallant Cindy's Oliver.
2: Flake Manelli, a dog that's been pretty hot at the moment, doing some really good things um, over the past couple of weeks, I reckon.
3: Yeah, Flake Minnelli's been going very well. Obviously, it was a bit slow away in that heat, but managed to uh, in the final, managed to muster up. Uh, once it hit the lead, it was all over. I was really impressed with Cindy's Oliver's run. Second up at the track, uh, down the back, it uh, took round off Flake. I think it probably just got a little bit tired late, but I expect over a bit of racing, I think Cindy's Oliver can... Potentially match it with Flake even over the uh, big journeys and Cindy's Oliver's in the seven fifteen. You might want to uh, wait and see the Cindy's Oliver over the seven fifteen, the first go. But I think third and fourth up might be where we see the best of this dog.
2: Is this the first time she's he's running the seven fifteen?
3: Uh, no, uh, Cindy's Oliver did it. Uh, ran in the uh, Galaxy over the seven fifteen and actually led the field and went really good. Uh, it's a dog that's got a lot of brilliance, though, and for, uh, I think, over a period of time, I think it was second up into the Galaxy. So, I think over a period of time, when it gets a uh, bit more stamina, I think it would be going really well.
2: So, it could be an interesting race. We had, third, uh, th- in third place, Rockstar Patriot. How did this dog go, in your opinion?
3: Yeah, it went well. Uh, Rockstar Patriot what Rockstar Patriot does slow out and runs on. I thought it was a good run. I think Connections would be pretty happy with it.
2: Mm. You can imagine third place—you can't be upset with. Then we move into Saturday night. We've got the West Chase final. We had Sir Monty in first place, Mermaid Manelli and Veyron Star in third place. Uh, we had Sir Monty, who didn't come out of the box very well, but managed to obviously get the win. How did you make of this race? I thought it
3: was a very good win. Obviously, I was on here tipping uh, Mermaid Manelli because we got the easy lead that eventuated, and Sir Monty just reeled it in in the last couple of strides, which was a tough watch for me, but I thought the win of Cermonti was very good on a track where they didn't run a uh, very good time. Only one dog went sub-30 seconds. Sermonti got into a bit of trouble around the first bend and uh, continued after uh, Mermaid Manelli and went 30.05, which I think on the night was a pretty good run.
2: Yeah, I didn't think that dog was going to take the lead when I watched the replay. And I just wanted to mention, because last week I had this big thing with West Ophelia, who came dead last in this season.
3: Yeah, f- was a little disappointed with West Ophelia. I'm not sure whether there was an injury there, but I see it's back in on Monday so yeah, from Box 1. So y- you can probably go again.
2: Maybe I am the bad luck charm. It's happened before.
3: Yeah, may- yeah, maybe. I mean, Jamie Marsh, Van Buren didn't win last night, so maybe he's back. And maybe you've secretly visited the kennel again. Who knows? I don't
2: know. Maybe it's myself and James because he was backing West Al as well. Then we roll into this weekend. We've got on Friday at Mandra the winter sprints uh, heats. We go into heat one first. Um, we've got Son of Mermaid Minnelli l- looks to have a good start over the 5.20 and has been pretty good. So how do you think she'll go in the 4.05? It's
3: a very interesting race. Obviously, Mermaid Minnelli is one of the better dogs we have over the 4.05. Can show lightning early speed. Probably hasn't been getting away from the boxes as well as she can. And she comes up against Son of Jamaica who can show really good early speed and importantly has box one here. And has so,
2: been in some pretty good form lately.
3: Has been in good form. They stepped up to 490. That didn't work last start. But back to 405, can actually ping the boxes and can run similar spits to Mermaid Minelli. So if Son of Jamaica holds out Mermaid Minelli, that'll be very interesting. On balance of probability, I think you have to have Mermaid Minelli leading this field. And if she leads, I think it'll be all over and she'll win. I expect the track to be playing really quickly, which is important when doing the form. Uh, big heats means they get the track going um, really good. We saw the last two weeks the track has been absolutely fire. Um, that's with the big final on, so expect the same again. I think that's really going to suit Mermay Minelli here, and I think it's definitely the one to beat. Special mention in the Chevy's gold if that opens a big price. Perfectly boxed in uh, in eight and did show, really
2: wide draw that dogs.
3: did show really good early speed. Two starts go and can be around the mark, and is quite strong, has run over the 490 in the past.
2: Mm, interesting race. We've got a couple more heats for Friday night. We've got uh, heat two. The one, a pretty even bunch here, but the chances... What do you think the chances are for Turbo Fun?
3: Yeah, Turbo Fun, I'm not sure how well the dog's going at the moment. Uh, had stepped up to free-for-all grade and hasn't been going all that well. I, last start, it got into a little bit of trouble, but I'd still like to see it accelerating a bit better than it has been. Comes up with box six here. Is going to have to cross the field. There's a little bit of early speed to the inside. I think Turbo Fun probably leads, but I think it might be down to Chompmanelli late Lake to get over the top. Uh, perfectly drawn in box one. Has been racing over the 520, step back to 405, which it uh, won four starts ago and ran really good time. I think Chomp will get over the top late.
2: What about Joker Poker? This dog has been good at Cannington recently. Maybe one to look out for.
3: Yeah, it has been going well at Cannington. The last two haven't been that good, and importantly, hasn't been stepping away from the boxes, which this dog will need to do over the 405 to be winning here. I also don't really like the inside draw box two for Joker Poker. It's a dog that likes to use a bit of the track and. When you have Turbo Fun and Clifton Flyer and uh, and Sweetest Fate, who have show all good early, show all all have good early speed. I think Joker Poker might struggle.
2: Mm, Interesting. These two heats seem to be pretty something that might shock a few people. We move into heat three, Callum. This will be one that really hits home for you. We've got Buster. Buster's racing in heat three on Friday night. Write it down. Make sure you put it on your black book.
3: Yeah, Buster, brute. If you're living under a rock, you may not have seen the run, but uh, he ran the quickest time over the 405 for 2020. And you've
2: not mentioned it once, have you? No, I haven't. I've
3: kept it all this week till I get the radio show. I haven't told anyone, I promise. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he was very good last week, and I think the race sets up pretty well. He won a Perth Cup heat from Box 3, so Box 3 should be uh, no issue. The important for this dog is the dog on the inside has to jump. The dog on the inside jumps for Buster. He'll level up and stay straight, and we saw his muster last week. Uh, he's got one of the best musters in the, in the, uh, in the, in Perth. So I think this dog probably leads and goes really close. If he leads, they won't be catching him.
2: And what about Pixie Minnelli? You did say before this could be a bit of a Buster-Pixie race.
3: I think it's, um, I think it's a two-dog race. I think Pixie Minnelli's also got really good early speed. Pixie probably edges Buster over the 5.20, but importantly, over the 4.05, you have an extra second to muster up, which I think would be important for Buster, uh, I think he can get underneath Pixie. I don't think Pixie Minelli will be crossing. Pixie Minelli also stays relatively straight if there are dogs on the inside. So I think Buster, with every chance, should go very close here. And if he has a clean run, he might be looking out for the track record.
2: Oh, track record again. We've had a couple of those. So do you reckon this heat might be the most exciting one over those uh, Friday night.
3: Yeah, yeah. obviously, just mentioning those two, we have Big Artie Banner who's coming over from Melbourne. So, And I've been told by people over at East that he's very quick early. Um, On my stuff, I didn't have him that quick early. I was lining him up with certain dogs, even our dog Superstitious, and I think he might have his work cut out. And Chevy's entry obviously beat Buster 2 back ago, but I think Box 8 in this heat will be very tough for Chevys.
2: Important to mention that it's that dog's Big Artie Banner. First start here in WA is when you do see a new dog, Uh, in the lineup, is that something that sort of strikes you as a bit exciting or a bit like sort of leave them to the side for now?
3: Um, Exciting in the sense that I like to do the form and there might be a possible edge, but I do take a negative approach to dogs first up in the state. I think it's very hard and he's definitely been thrown in the deep end in this race.
2: Mm, Well, you don't really welcome them with open arms then, do you, Callum? No. So then we move into heat four. It looks like a lot of winning chance among these dogs. Can't really pick one.
3: Yeah, uh, this race is very uh, hard without prices. It'd definitely be price-orientated. I think I think Kurt Lee has to be favourite and is favourite for me. I think choir Xavier and Mission Sniper are the next best, and then Kung Fu Fun, next best, then two good John, but I think it's a very tough heat. choir Xavier was only fair last start. Kurt Lee was only fair last start. I thought Mission Sniper is probably your early leader here, and it did have two weeks off prior to the run last start, and it's a dog that does get four or five on, on his limits. So with... Having the week back up, I think it will derive a lot of fitness and maybe add a grip on in a race like this, but you still need about 6 $7 to find out. Uh, Kung Fu Fun's another dog that can show really good early speed. Um, and two good Johns racing well, but looks tough from Box 8.
2: An interesting night for Friday. Let's move into Saturday night at Cannington. Race 6, these dogs are some of the best over the 520.
3: Yeah, it's a very good race, this one. Sunset Milo draws one. This is where the dog wants to be. Uh, can rattle home late, and as we said last week, not many dogs went quick, and Sunset Milo went 29.89, was the only dog to break 30 seconds, and was very impressive in doing so. Showed good early speed, which is not um, which is unlike Sunset Milo, but that's a good sign the dog's feeling well and racing well. Uh, Blue Summer Sky, importantly, uh, is now with Paul Stewart, I imagine on a permanent basis, uh, was racing in the really good races over six hundred f- uh, seven fifteen. resumes here over 520. If there is any bother, Blue Summer Sky will be absolutely flying home late, and Sir Monty, as we said earlier, was a good win last start. Comes up with box four here in a hot field. Uh, be interesting where he gets too early and more deductions. A dog that I have a huge opinion of. I think this dog can go down at a 29.60 mark and comes up with box seven. Looks a tricky box on paper. So be interesting to see how more deduction goes.
2: And just before we move on, race eight uh, at Cannington as well, we've got Flake Manelli, the track record holder. How's that race looking to you?
3: Uh, it looks very interesting race. Flake Minnelli obviously comes up with box eight over 600, which is a very tricky box. There's a little bit of speed inside with Goblin Minnelli and Inversion and Incredible Hero. So we know what Flake's like when she doesn't lead. She can get a bit temperamental. So uh, it'll be a very interesting race. Incredible Hero up to 600 is an interesting move. I think I expect Incredible Hero to lead this race, which probably puts Flake somewhat out of business. Inversion's obviously the winner of the uh, the Paradise Street a couple of starts ago. James,
2: James would love to hear that. He's a fan of Inversion.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it comes up with box four. Could lob on the back of Incredible Hero and be probably the one to beat. Flakeman looks over tricky map so it might be a good chance to take her on and yeah, just quit Just quickly, Dino Renthal flew home late over the 5.20 last start. He's probably looking for the 600. So that could be one at massive, massive odds that could sneak a place.
2: Mm, Flake's been looking good lately. We are going to take a short break, and after the break, we'll be chatting to Luke Garbutt, a new trainer, sticking with the new theme.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
2: Welcome to Go Greyhounds. We are joined by Luke Garbutt, a relatively new trainer, been in the industry for quite some time. Luke, thank you for joining us. No problem. Luke, tell us a bit about your journey into greyhound racing.
4: Uh, so it probably started
2: 12, 13 years ago.
4: Um, just got into...
2: A syndicate
4: with four dogs with my dad. I just thought it would be a bit of fun. Always had a bit of interest in the dogs as a teenager. Um, sort of watched them on the TV. And then as, when I got older enough, had a bit of a, a bet on them. So I always had an interest. So, yeah, got into the syndicate. And then basically just one thing led to another. And, yeah, that's where I am now. So,
2: so before training dogs, did you own many? or Was it just like a one, two dog kind of thing?
4: I pr- probably owned i owned several dogs over over probably a space of six or seven years, I think, before I actually moved into training. So yeah, several dogs. I, I couldn't tell you how many, quite a few. Um, but the syndicate basically just got me started, and then went from there and started buying my own dogs. Um, a lot of the dogs that I own, I sort of do with my dad. We do we do a lot of breeding and stuff together as well. So pretty much done everything with him the whole way through.
3: So you've recently returned to training. Uh, what made you come back?
4: I uh, just missed it too much, to be honest. Um, so I trained for I think it was five years. I had four dogs at the time, um, and then yeah, had a year off, more or less, exactly a year off, and then just missed it too much, and wanted to get back into it. It's it's good being involved, hands on, you know, helping other mates and stuff at the track. But it wasn't enough for me. I was really missed it too much and just had to get back into it myself. And the opportunity um, arose to take on a a kennel property, which also isn't always easy to get. So I I thought I'd just, yeah, take that opportunity and and have another go.
3: So you said helping mates out. Is there anyone you learnt off or who were the mates that you were helping out at the time?
4: Yeah, so I sort of helped Steve Steve and Kira Rivers out a bit. Um, And, yeah, I, I sort of probably learnt most, of my stuff off, off Steve um, and I'm also very good friends with Michael Everand over in New South Wales so um, he's also been very helpful to me along the way um, with giving me training tips and, and what not so yeah both of those two guys mainly
2: Let's talk about a bit about your relationship with Steve and obviously Tommy that's a fairly big big name to have under your belt. What's it like being part of Tommy Shelby?
4: Yeah that's that's massive. Um, like I like I sort of said, it's a thrill to own dogs and have winners, but training them is the ultimate. Um, but then when a dog like Tommy comes along it's to be honest, it's just as much fun just owning a dog like that as it is as it is training a winner because yeah, he's just a just a freak. So yeah, we're we're all good friends and us and Mike are as and that as well that are in the dog, so it's been a really enjoyable ride and hopefully hopefully a lot more to come.
3: What was the most enjoyable bit? Was it pulling off the plunge on debut? Sorry, what was that, mate? Pulling off the plunge on debut when it was twenty-one the favourite. Oh
4: uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a bad night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, nah, the highlight, without a doubt, was um, you know, as disappointing as it was on the weekend, um, it was just a massive run, and we were we were
2: stoked with him. And to be in a
4: Group One final, that's my first Group One final as an owner. Um, that that's been the highlight, mate. So yeah, that was that was brilliant.
2: Tell us a bit about the other dogs you have there in your kennel, how they're looking at the moment.
4: I've got a lot of young ones at the moment, so I'm sort of doing a lot of trialling, not a lot of racing. So I've pretty much only got the two dogs currently going around, Uh, Westdale Drifter, who's in tonight, and uh, Westdale Bodie, who's been going around on a Monday. Um, So, yeah, i got both them dogs off, um, Carl and Jay, and, yeah, they're both, both nice dogs. On a little bit now, so he's, he's getting towards the end of his career, um, and I really like West Brady as a dog. I think he's, I think he's got a bit of ability, um, and yeah, the rest of the dogs I've got in the kennel. Uh, I've got one a, a bitch just come over from New South Wales, 300 meter bitch. She's probably due to start in a couple of weeks, um, and then the rest are pretty much just parts that are just coming
3: through pre-training and that. But
4: hopefully, sort of mid-August, I should. I should have six or seven going around with any luck.
3: Westell Bodie two bat beat. Can you go wild? Obviously trained by Steve Withers. I imagine that win was uh, pretty special.
4: Oh uh, yeah, he said it didn't count because uh, <laughs> he wasn't here.
3: <laughs>
4: but it does <laughs> so, win. Yeah, it, you know, it, it fun. just um, yeah. To be honest, I didn't expect to win the race. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it was good. It's always good to get a win. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what the race is. Or it's it's still a thrill. And, it was good to get a win, give me a bit of confidence sort of, you know, reasonably quickly coming back in this time around so that was that was good.
3: And you mentioned breeding, so is the plan to bring pups through and do a lot of pre-training or are you going to look to more to get a, uh, some dogs over east that have been racing and bring them over?
4: Yeah. Yeah, well, at the moment, um, there's, there's 19 kennels that have been um, I'm only licensed at the T2 still, so I can only occupy the 10 kennels. So, the idea will be once I get that T1 application through and I can occupy all of the kennels, um, then I'll, I'll sort of look at trying to get a base of ten race dogs, and then the pups and stuff can go into the other nine kennels. So that'll that'll be the long-term plan. Um, but for now, I'm just happy to just to cruise along and with what I've got and have the have the other pups in the ten kennels that I've got yeah. now. Um, I've got a lot of uh pup's ready to break in very soon. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to get those other kennels sorted out and then I'll, I'll go that way.
2: You said that you do a lot of this with your dad. How do you guys share the load, especially, I don't know if it's something you're still doing, but having an electrical contracting company on the side?
4: Yeah, my dad actually um, doesn't live here. He actually lives in Queensland. So, and with all this COVID and that at the moment, he's, he's not able to come over and give me a hand either, but... Yeah, we've, he sort of gives me a hand whenever whenever he is over. I did last time when I trained. Um, so yeah, he's yeah he's been involved with me. Obviously, we all we pay the bills together and we enjoy it all together. But as far as him being hands on, isn't um, yeah, isn't able to do too much at the moment.
2: Hopefully he gets over soon. With having those pups in the kennel, do you uh you know break them in yourself, and are you looking into breeding more, or are you just going to keep it at those ten?
4: Yep, so they get they get broken in uh, over east. Um, so the ones that I've got there, there's a couple from Melbourne and uh, most of my breeding and stuff I do in New South Wales. Um, so they get get broken in over there and then typically we'd get them pre-trained um, and then send them just to a trainer over here, which would have been Steve. But now that I'm up and running again, I think what I'm going to try and do is um, take them all in after breaking and then just pre-train them myself. So that'll be the plan. Um, so, you know, if I can pre-train my own dogs, I'd, I'd rather do that. Um, and that's why I'm going to need those extra kennels because I need to keep the numbers that I've actually got racing, you know, around that ten if I can as well. So, but, yeah, I've bred quite a few litters. Um, and, like I say, I've got another couple of litters on the ground now that are very close to breaking in, so I'm going to have a bit of an influx of pups over the next couple of months.
2: Some big things happening your way. Thank you very much for chatting to us, Luke. All the best for tonight. Uh, we'll chat to you soon. Thank you again.
4: Hi, Rose. Right, thanks a lot.
2: Luke Garbutt there. Interesting things for him. Looks like to have a pretty big kennel under his belt happening. We're going to take a short break, and then on the other side, we're going to chat all things. As you would know if you're listening to the show, Callum and I have a new dog. We're going to hear more about that.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
2: Go Greyhounds with myself and Callum today. James is unwell, unfortunately. We've decided to chat a bit more about our dog, Superstitious. We're taking the uh, light away from Buster the Brute a little bit. Callum and I have recently joined a syndicate uh, to be part of this dog and the trainer, Steve Shinners, is going to join us now. Steve, thank you very much.
5: Good morning, Alexia. Good morning, Callum.
2: Steve, thanks for coming on our show again. We love having you here. And, you know, we're in a bit of a group now, Callum and I and yourself. We just want you to tell us a bit about what it's like having new dogs in the kennel.
5: No, look, it's really good. As you know, I've probably been in the sport a long time. And to see the new faces get involved and the, the joy that it brings them, and uh, especially first-time owners and that, it's uh, yeah, a big thrill for me as well. And just to get out there and meet everyone and have a beer or a wine with the wives and, and girlfriends, and that's no, just a really good atmosphere.
2: And th- this dog, Minty, Minty's superstitious stage name, um, when yep. when this dog comes into your kennel, how does she settle in with new dogs there, with the other dogs there?
5: Yeah, no, look, she's um, she's a little bit quiet in herself. She's starting to come out of a shell now. Some some dogs you'll get there that are, that are full-on straight from day one, but she sort of took a good week, week and a half to settle into the routine. And uh, her and Buster are actually really good friends. They sort of get on well. They're the only two black dogs in the kennel, so I think they're paired up and... Uh, no, but she settled into the routine well, and now she's one. When we take them for a walk, she's full on out the front and pulling hard, and uh, and looking for everything that moves. And yeah, no, it's good.
2: So, on um, Callum's wishful thinking, he'll probably they'll probably both retire with Callum at home. I assume that's the idea, something like that.
5: <laughs> I think Callum's going to need a bigger property by the time all these dogs retire that he's involved in.
2: Yeah, well, I reckon that he might actually want that. You never know with Callum. <laughs> when you have new, when you have new owners. Um, you know, working with you when you have, like, I know that we have that Facebook group. Is that important to you to keep communication between yourself and those owners?
5: Yeah, definitely. It's um, no, it's it's probably one of the only ways to go because uh, sometimes it's. Pretty difficult for everyone to have iPhone messages and those sorts of things. So we create a, a messenger group um, and yeah, and just get it out there so everyone sort of knows. Um, otherwise, you tend to get uh, 20 or 30 bombarded uh, messages from all different owners and um, being pretty busy themselves. And sometimes you just don't have time to respond to all of them. So if you put it out there, what's happening with the dog and when she's in. And there is, like, um, black bookers that you can put your... A lot of the owners that have had for a long time have just, you know, black book... Uh, sort of a thing where the, they get a notification when the dog's up and racing and they sort of know, so um, we don't have to sort of do too much. And if we think the dog's a good chance, have something on or, or sometimes I'll get a, a private message, oh, what do you think tonight? And uh, you just respond and let them know what's going on.
3: And with the owners, I obviously training a winner is a good feeling, but I imagine seeing uh, the new owners we have involved and them celebrating after the line is a, is a great feeling for you as well.
5: Oh, exactly, mate. No, it's really good. And, and you get to meet some genuinely nice people in the industry as well. And, and um, yeah, hopefully they can come along for the ride. And then it's not not only those owners that uh, um, sort of get the thrill. Then all of a sudden they talk to their friends and next minute they want a dog. And um, that's the issue we've got at the moment. We've got a lot of owners in the waiting, but just not enough dogs to buy at the moment, as you know, Kel. So. It's been a long process, but um, yeah, we'll probably breed a few more ourselves. I think in the next couple of years, and um, yeah, hopefully, be able to um, then get more people in that way.
2: Callum mentioned the feeling of winning for new owners, but Steve, you've been in the industry for a while. What's the feeling of like for you when you st- when you win?
5: Yeah, no, look, I, I still enjoy it um, because it's a profession. It's um, yeah, look, there's some little challenges with certain dogs that you you get a bit more satisfaction out of them if you can manage to get them up and win. Like we had a. A dog win last night, which um, I think she'd had 13 starts before I got her and won a race, and she ended up winning last night. So that, that was a bit of a kick, like it was... Um yeah, she's not the most honest dog, but um, yeah, little little things like that. You just try little things you've learned over the years with them, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, and, and obviously um, to win group races is um, obviously what what I sort of strive for. But if you haven't sort of got that group sort of dog, just just the enjoyment you get and, and the people um, that are involved sort of make the victory themselves. So you come back and they bought you a beer, and you sit down and have a chat, and they jump it around, and their wives are all happy or, or girlfriends, and it's yeah, it just it gives you a big buzz as well.
3: And she's back in racing Mondays. Has everything gone uh, well so far in terms of the post-race? And the field looks pretty suitable. It looks to be a bit of a two-dog race.
5: Yeah, look, she has, as I spoke to you yesterday, Kelsey's probably pulled up a little bit sore. So, um, yeah, look, I'm working uh, madly on her to try and have a ride. I've got a bit more time this week to to get a ride. And just I think just getting used to the different type of track that she's running around on sort of takes him a few runs to to get used to the, um, the cambers and everything on the track here. So, yeah, you do tend to pull up with um, little injuries from um, dogs you get from different states and that. But, look, nothing major. And hopefully we can have a cherry ripe right by Monday. And, yeah, it look, looks like a um, quite a nice race. I think um, Cavargo in the fives, obviously very difficult to beat. If she can go to the front, she's an Oaks winner. So um, she's definitely got a bit of ability. Look, but uh, being tiny, as long as she gets around safe and doesn't get knocked, um, yeah, we'll um, bat up again the week after, hopefully.
2: Well, that's exciting, and I'm really excited to see how this dog goes. Steve, we'll let you go there. Make sure you say hi to Superstitious from Callum and I. Tell her that we love her um, very much. Should...
5: <laughs> no worries. Certainly. Well, well done, guys.
2: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Now, Callum, no we're, problem. Callum, we're going to roll into a bit about first-time ownership and what it's like to be a first-time owner. You've obviously been around for a lot longer than I have in, in comparison. What was it like when you had the first dog under your belt?
3: Yeah, oh, I was very excited. I didn't – when I first got into it, I didn't know what it was all about, and then – when they cross the line and you've won a race, you get very excited. I was even excited when it, the dog was trialling and winning and that wasn't even for money. So when the first race win was definitely special, but, um, obviously it was your first win and your first greyhound. So you're one from one. Oh, and
2: 100- my first time at the track, I hit everything on the head. hundred really.
3: percent strike record. How was your first experience on the track? Uh,
2: well, it was a Monday, which is a bit odd. Um, and so it was very much just you and myself at the track. But to be honest, it's something that I did have a lot of questions for you about where the start was, where the boxes were, where the, you know, all those sorts of uh, nitty-gritty questions. It, it was actually good, very different once you're there. I must have to admit that um, the lure is a lot louder than I anticipated or thought it would be. Um, but to see the dog cross the line and have everyone there was was pretty exciting. There was a bit of a thrill um, to seeing that. So I think when further down the track it would get more and more exciting and the other thing that I thought this is probably a bit strange for you but she's so little so to be up against those big dogs and then win I was like yes yeah she's
3: very small and she did have a dog on on her tail the whole way so she definitely had to do it the hard way and you think she'd definitely improve off the run um I think she can go very quick down the back and she didn't really show that in that race but she's probably still getting used to the track and and finding her way around so that's a that's a positive and um on to question for you how do you think she went?
2: I thought she – I mean, she won. You're pretty happy with that. I thought she went well. I There was a bit um, towards the end where I was like, oh, maybe not. That There was that big one. What was it? Number eight. I can't remember his yeah. name. Burnout Boy. That one. was massive, so I thought that that dog might catch her towards the end, but she held her own, and she des- deserved the win. And then I, I did know that you took – when Buster won a few weeks ago, you gave him a little treat after the race, a- and Steve did the same thing with Superstitious. So what's it like having the dog with you after the race, you know?
3: Yeah, it's very – like – when I took Buster to the track and after he came second over the 5.20, I still treated him to Macca's after. But he spent the whole time in the back. We give him like a energy energy juice type of drink just to try and get his electrolytes back up again. And he spent the whole time in the back, laying down, panting the whole time, recovering from the race. And then we pulled up to Macca's and there he was uh, in between the seats looking, waiting for his uh, cheeseburger and ice cream. So... He definitely knows when he's run a good race and he gets rewarded for that. And so did she. She got. Uh, she was a bit more, uh, took the ice cream slowly and more elegant towards Buster. He kind sort of takes the whole soft serve and shoves it in his mouth and, <laughs> and uh, deals with the brain fees later on. But, um, yeah, uh, obviously you want to reward them after a good run, gives them more incentive to win. So anything like that is good.
2: Yeah, I guess that's how you would... Treat anyone who's done good. If, when you're nice to me, Cal, I might tell you good job.
3: Exactly, yeah. And uh, obviously, onto the more important things. We had a coffee on the track. What would you give it a rating out of 10?
2: <laughs> we did have a coffee on the track. The track was very welcoming. The coffee, not so much, but that's okay. Room for improvement. But I do have to say, it, it was very nice that, you know, have, being part of a group and being part of that syndicate um, on that Facebook group, it's nice to see that people are on the same wavelength and it's fun. It's not, there's no pressure. Obviously, joining the show was something that um, I was very new to and then being involved in the Greyhound was something I would would have pr- probably put my house on saying it's never going to happen. But here I am and, you know, it is nice to have that group where y- yourself, particularly being so involved, do give people that insight into what is happening and, um you know, how the race is pairing up, so...
3: Yeah, and you get to meet people from all walks of life. There's a couple of builders in the dog. There's FIFO workers. So there's people that you wouldn't necessarily meet that are generally nice blokes and you get to build a relationship with and have a good time and obviously the most important thing, have a punt.
2: Yeah, and we do have to thank Steve for joining us and looking after our dog as well. It's very exciting. We're going to take a short break and after the break we'll be back with our man Shorty from Tab Touch. He's back from his holiday.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.
2: You are listening to Go Greyhounds with myself and Callum. Uh, We are joined by the one and only David Short from Tab Touch. Shorty, welcome back.
0: Thank you very much, Lex. Cal, nice to be with you guys. It's nice to be talking to winners after you've had success earlier in the week there with Superstitious. Hopefully a bit of it can rub off on me.
2: Yeah, hopefully. You may put a smile on my face calling me a winner, Shorty. Thanks for that.
0: That would have been pretty cool, Lex. Uh, your first venture into Greyhound Racing. What was, it? what was the heart rate like at the back end of that race?
2: Well, I was nervous because I'd never been to a track before, so I was kind of just sussing out what that was like first. And then to have a dog win, uh, even though I was a bit unsure towards the very end if she might make it, you know, it's a pretty good, pretty good Monday. It set me up for a good week.
0: Pretty solid feeling, isn't it, when, uh, when the last little patch and they dig, dig in deep and get the cash for you like that. It's a great introduction into Greyhound Racing.
2: It is. And, Shorty, you should have seen Callum. Before the race, he went straight down to the fence. The rest of us were standing at the top waiting for the dog to run. But not Callum. He went straight down to the fence like a little boy at a rural show.
0: <laughs> I bet he did, and I bet you was the first at the winners' days for the photo after the race as well.
2: Actually, there was a photo. I wasn't in it, unfortunately, but I have a photo of Callum. I'll get that one to you. We can make fun of it later.
0: We'll have to save that, save it up for next next week, Callum. That's a Callum Lexwin gets here well graded, there's probably a few wins left in store, so you'll have to be there posing for the photo uh, front and square next time round, Lex.
2: I'll be there. I'll be on the podium. All right, Shorty, let's get into racing this week. Wednesday recap, what have you got for us?
0: Yeah, gee, I thought it was a good uh, program of chasing last night there at Cannington, and there were a few races that I've picked out to have a look at. The first of them... I think this is a form race that we can trust, race number five, some pretty smart chasers that have got grades uh, up their sleeves, races, some cheap races to win over the next few weeks. Rambo's boy, the winner, who we had in our to follow file last week when we spoke, didn't let us down, was an impressive winner in 29.93. The runner-up, sweet but psycho, was really good, running sub 30, 29.98, and... I thought the runner of the run of the third greyhound West on Roger was a real flashing lights run, um, hit the line really hard. And I think a win's just around the corner for that dog as well. So race five, uh, the first three over the line, we can follow with a bit of confidence. Rambo's boy sweep at psycho and West on Roger. Um, Cal, did you, did you agree? To my eye, I thought it looked one of the races of the night and um, there's a few dogs we can get some bucks out of the next few weeks here, I think.
3: Yeah. Rambo's boy was a very good run. Uh, it comes up the short-price favourite, and I think How's are going to win from box six, but it just seems to always find a way, always gets past dogs, and I think it's still learning what it's all about. I think that whole litter is taking a bit of time to mature. I think Historic Times, another dog that is on the up, and I think Rambo's Boy is a very good dog that will be winning many, many more races. Absolutely.
0: Now, Lex, I know you fell out of your chair when they went up to the clock after race number seven, and up on the uh, scoreboard there, the time... Twenty-one seventy-one. 71. Azura Q was one of the wins of the night for Margaret Heppel. Uh, the runner up was very good in the fairy floss rug, Frantic Talk 2201. She's, you can continue to follow her each way the over the next floss. little That's Shortest
2: touch. favourite, Fairy Floss. You love That
0: the is fairy my favourite out wide. I love it in the pink. And uh, Azura Q twenty-one seventy-one. 71. Uh, Cal, that sets a pretty significant time standard, best of the night. And it was a bit of a shock to me. This greyhound that had been um, unplaced for uh, quite a while, and came out and and handed in the performance of the night. It was a stunning performance.
3: Yeah, it was very good. Uh, I certainly didn't expect from the dog, but it is a dog that has gone sub 30 over uh, 520 before. So definitely the abilities there, and looks like they've got it back racing well. And you could probably even follow it um based of its SP. You probably think it goes round at a decent price next start, and when it shows good early speed and you can run 2174, then you'd be winning races.
0: That's the truth. Uh, in race number eight, a rare 600-metre race on the program, and it was a nice win by Cocoon. Uh, over 600 metres, 35.04, set a nice time standard. Uh, you'd think Cocoon could probably nick another couple of cheap races over the 600 the next little bit. Race nine, I think, is another nice form race. First and second over the line, we can follow. Polly's Ariana, when it draws inside, is a greyhound worth following. And Weston Axel, who set the tempo, um, it's ready to win another race, I'd suggest. Cole, do you like either of those two heading forward?
3: Yeah, Polly is a very good dog. Just needs a bit to go its way, but can definitely be winning uh, from an inside box, as you said. Um, Gypsy Mindy, I think, is a dog that could improve over the next couple of starts. Uh, just hasn't got the uh, start right the glass, too, and I think with a better start, what this dog can do, I think can definitely be in front, and you, you probably get a price now that's had a couple of failures to find out.
0: So Gypsy Mindy one to follow out for, and
3: the last couple of winners. Well, um, you didn't have to be a rocket scientist
0: to find either of those. Two heaps of Kuno was a 2183 winner for Mickey Johnston, and then Classy Wright in the last 2197 for Terry Erinshaw. Uh, two greyhounds again. We like finding dogs that are on a low mark that have, have got above average ability, and those two dogs fit the bill. Heaps of Kuno and Classy Wright, uh, They'll probably be bobbing up winning races over the next couple of weeks as well.
2: Couple of dogs to follow there. Let's move on to Thursday night tonight. Shorty, what do you got for us?
0: Yeah, I don't mind the program tonight, Lex. I thought that um, the punters could, could make a few bucks out of this card, um, looking to get involved with one that I, I don't think I've ever tipped this dog before in my lifetime, but it runs into a moderate lineup in country grade six uh, level and uh, number two, Ransom the Opal. Last start was placed in. I just thought that in not, uh, not a strong race, uh, we're getting close to each way odds and worth a little each way spec race, four, number two, Ransom, the Opal. Uh, deeper into the card race, five, number seven, Westdale, Misty. The danger's drawn the inside there. Silla prevails for Wayne Beamish, but I'll stick with the black rug, Westdale, Misty. Twix Manelli drops a quantum leaping grade in race six, draws box number one, right down in distance, but class should prevail here. Twix Manelli step, hold the rail and win by a space. And later in the card, this mixed grade four five over four ninety, under uh, up magic's drawn box two for Andrew McLaren. It's got the early pace edge, should be able to find the top, and there'll be Jets Cracker charging at it, Harper's Hero charging at it. They're both nice dogs, but the under up magic on the arm might well be the way to go there in race number nine. Do you think I'm somewhere near it tonight, Cal?
3: Yeah, I think I think yeah, definitely there'll be a few winners there. Yeah, my only my only bet was race seven, number five, one last hurrah. I think uh, Oriental Owen not in the field. One last hurrah's been very good the last two, been beaten by a better dog, but here it comes up against a field which is um, which is okay without being brilliant, and I think one last hurrah leads and wins.
0: Yeah, I think the key is uh, Warringah drawn the inside, not quick early over this trip. It'll be strong to the line, but no pressure there. Uh, Sticky Vicky on the outside shouldn't pose too many problems. So uh, one last throw, I think you're on to it. We'll get room to move early on in the race, and that could be the key to the event.
2: Now, guys, this weekend on Friday, there's a couple of heats to look out for. Shorty, what have you got this weekend?
0: Lex, oh, I must have, Well, you, you're well aware, any time I peel out the Captain Barnacles hat, mm-hmm. uh, you know that I'm right in tune with Mermaid Manelli. Three times I've done it in the past. She's won on all three occasions, and I peeled it out yesterday, so... Uh, I'm in looking at mental synergy with our girl Mermaid Manelli to get the job done there, race five. She's had a phenomenal record over these 405-metre trips. She likes it drawn wide. This is a hot field, and hopefully that just means that we get a decent price about Mermaid Benelli, Uh She's had nine starts over the 405 metres in her lifetime. She's won eight of them. Cal, you've been taking her on from time to time, Mermaid Manelli, Are you on her side tomorrow night?
3: I think she'll be winning tomorrow night. I think she has the early speed to be out there and... There's a dog that doesn't necessarily want to get down to the fence too quickly, so I think that works in her favour. She should lead this field. I think Regal Twists, a dog that takes a couple of steps to get going. Rolston goes down straight to the fence and Equity Fund goes wide and so does Chevy Gold. So on my map, she gets room to move and that's all Mermaid Minelli leads. Obviously, I actually tipped her last week and we are on and I was cheering and hard and hard and Sir Monty just got me over the top. So that was unfortunate, but I think, so, uh, I think Mermaid Minelli is very hard to beat she
0: won't be getting run down over the 405 she absolutely loves it there and Lex, those other three heats are good um it wouldn't be a program without bringing up Buster the brute that wouldn't run last a week wouldn't be show
2: without bringing up Buster the brute
0: exactly right and buster was mighty last week 2233 your eyebrows would have been raised after that run last week callum
3: yeah i was certainly i was certainly uh, personally surprised about the run of the 2233 but I think that, just, that shows he's a good dog with a brilliant muster and obviously over the 405 with that first split being um, in the six seconds, he just gets that extra second to boot up and he was taking ground off Marushin Sniper who, um, to the first turn, who we have as the best starter in WA, so um, Buster brute looks very hard to beat. I think the key is Universal Gas has to jump for him though, because he is a dog that does want to get down to the fence, but if a dog jumps on his inside, he will straighten up as we saw in the Perth Cup heat, so... As long as that happens, uh, can your bandito likes to use a bit of the track and picks him early? Be looking to come across, so it will be willing early. But I think Buster the brute can muster up, and yeah, he doesn't mind copping a bump on the way through. Buster.
0: All right, so a uh, bit of confidence about Buster getting the job done. The one each way bet that I'm pretty keen on there is a dog called Rapper Flash that's come up with the draw in box three, and this is not an overly strong lineup. Rapper Flash is bursting to win a race, runner up three of the last four and. Uh, I thought we might be able to get a price about Rapper Flash and get a result tomorrow night, race three, number three.
2: An interesting weekend of racing. Shorty, just very quickly, Saturday night, what have you got for us?
0: Yeah, another really good program. A um, couple of highlights, uh, race three, the 715-metre race. Uh, there's a nice 1st four jackpot on this race as well for the punters doing their early form and I'm just going to be anchoring Cindy's Oliver in the first box. I thought he was excellent last week behind Flake Manelli in the big man distance final. thought it was a standout bet on the program. And with the first four jackpot attached, I'll be using number five, Weston Violet, to run on into a place behind it to play that first four for units. Uh, the race four, the best eight WA bred canning race is a beauty. Uh, leaning towards Fernando Starr at a bit of value there. Should be able to sit right up on top of the speed from the inside draw. And uh, they're the two races that I'm really looking forward to to on Saturday night out at Cannington.
2: Well, we hope you're right, Shorty. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We'll join speak to you again next week. Thanks again.
0: Cal, we can't wait for it. Lex, uh, keep on winning those races with Superstitious and uh, yourself and Cal, many winners. All the best, guys.
2: Thank you. We plan on it. Cal, your best tip for this weekend
3: you starting to call me cow now. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's that's a, a new thing. I did felt weird doing new. it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, just quickly, some dogs to follow. Uh, we the People ran home in uh, 1072, which I've never seen at Mander over the 490. Um, it's a dog that can race over further. Uh, it was absolutely huge to run and running serious time. I think it's a dog that we can follow. Uh, and Strawberry Girl races Friday. Um was punted first up, which is important because it shows the dog might have a bill of ability and trialed well. Ran home in 10.37 over the 3.02. The step up to 4.05 looks a deal and draws box one, which I think is a deal. Um, the tips for tonight are just one. Race seven, number five, one last hurrah, put in take out, And race six, number um this is for Friday night. Race six, number one, Chomp Manelli, And race ten, number seven, Magical Fun.
2: And of course on Monday, Superstitious goes round again. So all the best for that dog, our dog. That's all we have time for here on Go Go Greyhounds. We'll join you again next week.
1: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Pesce.